This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. As promised, I am here to take you through the rest of the hour here on Gwen and Chris on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Scraby. Chris is off to call his Aztecs play-by-play tonight at Viejas Arena. Tony finishing up his vacation today. He will be back on Monday, so we'll get to hear about his vacation then. And I can't believe, honestly, I really can't believe that Thanksgiving is next week. It has snuck up on us. It has snuck up on me. And I know it's cliche to say, but I know uh, that every older person has always told me to t- to pay attention to the time that you have because it goes quick. And the older I get, the more I feel that is true because all of a sudden Thanksgiving is next week. And Adam, our boss, has been asking us to give him days off for a long time now for the holidays. And we just gave him our days off on Monday because he reminded me that Thanksgiving was on Thursday of next week. I can't believe it. But hopefully everybody has some good plans out there, and hopefully uh, the holiday season is good for all of you as well. Thank you for joining us here on a Friday, and some of you are probably driving home from work, so I'll get to some of the best Padre stories of the day. And there's just mainly two Padre stories today that we're going to talk about, and that would be a tweet from Dennis Lynn. And we would also be uh, talking about uh, something that John Heyman wrote today on the New York Post about shortstops and the star free agents shortstops, meaning uh, Carlos Correa and Trey Turner and where they may go. And he did list the Padres on his list, and I'm not sure why, because the Padres, um, they already have a very crowded infield. So I'm not sure what uh, our guy, John Heyman, he comes on the show during the season almost every week, and and we we know that he is well-informed, but we're not, not really sure why the Padres are on this list, so we'll talk about that. If you have any thoughts on that, please give us a call, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973, and let us know what you think. Uh, also, Luke Voigt, that's another storyline that just came about during the show. Luke Voigt has been non-tendered by the Washington Nationals, meaning that he is a free agent now, unrestricted free agent, and he could be signed by any team in baseball. So Luke Voigt could be coming back, and I do know that the Padres are looking for a DH. Uh, A.J. Preller did say that he's looking for another bat when he joined us last week to talk about uh, some of the dealings that were going on with the GM meetings and hot stove and all that. So Luke Voigt is back on the market, and Luke Voigt, is a he, he's definitely a fan favorite. I think he would love to come back and play in San Diego. He just seemed like he had so much fun 
playing with the Padres and being a Padre and being himself. And, and so, you know, outside of Luke Voigt was, he did start very slow last season for the Padres, but once he got going, he was, he was what Luke Voigt we thought he was going to be. And I, I, I'm not necessarily sure that he's the best player to come back to San Diego, but I feel like the team will like him or team already likes him and fans. He's already a fan favorite. He knows the drill in San Diego by spending the first half of the season with the Padres. But in 2022, he only hit 226. He did hit 22 home runs and he had a 0.8 war, but that isn't uh, it with, with the Padres. He hit 225 and hit 13 home runs with 48 RBIs. I think that Luke Voigt, for the right price would be a good addition back to the team. I really do. I think that uh, it's something that AJ Preller is probably checking in on as he probably is checking in on everything. And uh, we'll see what comes of Luke Foy. Maybe he just signs with another team in the next week and it's not even talked about and we move on, but there, that is a possibility. So back to, let's say, let's talk about the Dennis Lynn tweet real quick. And he at Dennis T Lynn, uh, tweeted, the Padres met with Kodai Senga in San Diego yesterday, sources said. San Diego is one of the many teams with interest in Senga who could fill a remaining role in a, in the rotation. The righty is close with Yu Darvish and played with Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez in Japan. So if there is anything to be said about teammates recruiting teammates, it would be those three guys are very close to, to Kodai, Kodai Senga and that would be very helpful to get him in the door for the Padres. Now, who knows how much money he's going to command and who knows how many years and who knows what the contract would be. But Kodai Senga is 29 and he has uh, played 11 seasons of his career with the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks of the Japan's Nippon Professional Baseball League. And he's been pretty good. He's been really good, actually. He's He posted a 1.89 ERA and a 3.18 strikeout-to-walk ratio this season after pitching 148 innings. And he's got a good fastball. Uh, they're saying it's in the mid-90s. And they use this word. I did not make up this word. This was the scouting report that I found. He he has a devastating ghost forkball, a true out pitch in the majors or anywhere else. And if you want to go see what the the ghost fork ball looks like, you can go to my Twitter at Matt Scravy. I put up a video uh, from the pitching ninja on YouTube, and you can see what the fork ball looks like. It looks exactly like the the fastball, except for when it gets to the plate, it just dies off or dives down and through the zone, and it, it looks pretty nasty. I gotta say. So hopefully the Padres can work something out there. But I do know that AJ Preller is is really good at working deals with some of these players from other leagues like the KBO and Hassan Kim he was able to get a deal for him i believe it was 28 million dollars over 4 years and we all know how important that deal is for the Padres especially last season and uh, we know that Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez came straight from that same league and played with Kodai Senga so they have good communication with these guys in Japan and they have, I'm sure that they have a good scouting um, team that is looking at all the different opportunities across the world. But it seems like AJ Preller and his team is very good at, at, at learning and scouting and realizing what would work on their team and what wouldn't. And I think when Hassan Kim came around, Everybody kind of didn't really know who Hassan Kim was. We just looked at his stats, and he had some good stats for the KBO, but we had no idea what he was going to bring to the team. 
And, of course, when he got in there, everybody was feeling a lot better about Hassan Kim. Maybe not the beginning, but we we all learned very quickly that Hassan Kim is a good baseball player. He could hit from time to time in his rookie year, but he was also very good in the field, and he proved that again last year. So uh, A.J. Proler knows what he's doing in regards to some of these uh, international players. And Kodai Senga... Hey, he would be a good addition to the Padres. I know that they're probably looking for one more pitcher because they brought back Nick Martinez, and we don't really know 100% what his role is going to be in 2023. But Nick Martinez is someone that uh, wants to be a starter. He has made a vocal that he wants to be a starter. They talked about it before he re-signed his contract. Now, we don't know exactly what they talked about, but I have to imagine that he told them that he wanted to have an opportunity to start for the Padres. He did everything that the Padres asked of him last year he was a uh, a middle relief guy he was an opener he was a closer he was a setup man he was everything and he was very important for the Padres so the Padres could be actually looking for only one more starter and that would be uh hopefully maybe Kodai Kodai Senga and him being in San Diego yesterday I know he's gonna go meet with all the teams but I, I feel like that's a good thing because he gets to meet up with his friends, you Darvish, and he gets to meet up with Robert Suarez and Nick Martinez, and you Darvish could help help secure him for the team. And I'm not even going to begin to tell you where he goes in the rotation because I wouldn't know until I got a little bit more information on him. But that would be a, a highly touted rotation because Kodai Senga is is wanted by many teams in Major League Baseball. It's not just like the Padres are in on him and a couple other teams are kind of in on him. No, there's a lot of teams that are interested in his services as a starting pitcher. So you would have you Darvish, you would have Blake Snell, you would have Joe Musgrove, you would have Nick Martinez, and then you'd have Kodai Senga, and then your rotation is figured out. Top five guys right there, and that would be pretty formidable, I would have to say. But uh, I'm not sure how... <sighs> I think when when we're talking about what the Padres need most, I, I think they need starting pitching the most because they already brought back Robert Suarez and they already have Josh Hader, so they're good at the end of the back end of the bullpen. But starting pitching is going to get the Padres through the playoffs and hopefully into the World Series. They, they kind of we kind of all saw last uh, this last postseason run for the Padres that. Once you get through Joe Musgrove, it's it kind of dropped it kind of dropped off a little bit, and then you were starting you were playing uh, with openers, and Mike Clevenger was pitching one of the important games against the Phillies in the NLCS, and so I think the the starting pitching is the most important thing for the Padres to resolve, because as AJ always says, AJ Preller, he says you can never have enough starting pitching, and it's true, and all year long, even when the Padres were losing leading into. Uh, leading into September and leading at the end of August, Tony Tony Gwynn Jr. said it himself. The Padres just their team is different because they have good starting pitching, and so I'm always for getting another starting pitcher. If it's not Kodai Senga, it will be someone else, and and I'm hoping that uh, we learn that a little bit sooner rather than later. I want to know what we're working with with the Padres, and uh, the other news was John Heyman. He was saying. In his article, he listed 11 teams that were believed to be interested in star free agent shortstops, meaning Trey Turner and Carlos Correa, which this this whole thing really has me confused. The Padres infield is already super crowded. It's already got Manny Machado, Hassan Kim, Jake Cronenworth. You got uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. 
you got a lot of guys in the infield. If you bring back Will Myers for the right play, price, he could play in the infield, possibly bring back Brandon Drury or Josh Bell. They can both play first base. So the infield is pretty crowded. I, I'm I'm pretty surprised that John Heyman included the Padres in this list of teams that are interested in star free agent shortstops. I don't think Trey Turner has, uh, you know, he wants to be on the West Coast. He said that as much, but... Dylan Hernandez earlier in the week uh, when we had him on the show, he said he doesn't, he's not sure of how set in stone Trey Turner wanting to be on the East coast is, but I, I just don't see him as a fit for the Padres. I don't see Carlos Correa as a fit for the Padres as well, just because number one, Carlos Correa and Trey Turner are going to cost a lot of money. And I, I just don't believe that the Padres want to spend money on another uh, superstar player to bring into their team when uh, they already have a bunch of superstar players with big contracts on their team, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. So that is, um, I'm guessing that John Heyman is just doing his due diligence and asking around and AJ Preller is probably doing his due diligence as well by looking into whether or not a Carlos Correa or a Trey Turner would be a good fit for the Padres. And there was some other National League West news we did talk about a little bit ago, but the Dodgers have made the decision to non-tender center fielder Cody Bellinger. He was an MVP in 2019. He had 47 home runs. He has not been anywhere near that in the the past three seasons. And I I don't know. Chris and I were talking about this in the break before he left, but how does someone go from 47 home runs to just not being able to hit? in one off season. I just don't get it. I don't know what happened with Cody Bellinger, but Cody Bellinger was always a killer for the Padres or to the Padres. So I'm glad to see him leaving the Dodgers. Um, Trent Grisham is the center fielder for the Padres. Obviously would someone want a Cody Bellinger playing center field? I mean, you're kind of getting the same player. You're getting a guy who's going to hit in the two low two hundreds. Um, and you're going to get great defense. I don't know that you could really crown a new center fielder after that center fielder wins a gold glove, as Trent Grisham did this year. But you have to look at all options, and I have to assume that Cody Bellinger is not going to be demanding as much money as he may have demanded years ago because of his his last three seasons have been less than stellar for, for the Dodgers. And I don't know if he can turn it around. I don't know what's going on with Cody Bellinger, but maybe – you know, the Padres looking on that as well and see if he can play other positions, left field, right field. I mean, Cody Bellinger is a good defender, not necessarily a greatest hitter. And I know that me talking about bringing a uh, former Dodger Cody Bellinger into San Diego is probably making people sick all over the place, but it, it's not the worst idea. And I don't think that, okay, well, it might be the worst idea, but his defense is definitely not the worst idea. And I, I think that Cody Bellinger is a good teammate, and I think he's good for the team. Padres already have guys who can't hit, so do you really want to bring in another guy who can't hit, just play defense? I don't I don't think so. But that's the other news today in Major League Baseball. But lots going on uh, all over sports. But here with the Padres, there's just going to be news all the time relating to free agency, relating to hot stove stuff, relating to trades and I'm just expecting, you know, AJ Preller, he either waits until after the show ends, like a minute after the show ends, uh, when uh, uh, Framil Reyes was traded to the Cleveland Indians at the time, 
It happened literally 7.01, and we were on from 3 to 7 at the time, and we had just got off the show. The guys had already left, and it was just some random night. Boom, he's traded. So I know that A.J. Preller is probably going to make a a deal at some point during the night, one night at like 2 a.m. We're all going to wake up, and he's going to have this big deal because we pretty much, I think we're all in agreement here. If you think you know what A.J. Preller is going to do, you don't because he's going to do the complete opposite and bring someone in that no one was talking about who was under the radar, and uh, that's happened multiple times in the past. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to see what happens here over the next month or so with the winter meetings coming to San Diego first week of December. Be a lot of discussion there. We will have a lot of coverage there. And uh, baseball and spring training is going to be back before you know it. It's going to be back uh, end of February, mid-February, and I, I can't wait. This this last Padres season was so much fun, and this last Padres season was just showed you what this team can do when they come together and what this city can do when the team comes together because Petco Park was amazing. All of those broadcasts that we did from the loft before the playoff games were so much fun. We met so many people. And Chris said this, I remember, uh, after the Padres lost, he said, man, everybody was so happy when the Padres were winning. You were allowing people into your lane when you put on your blinker. You were waving to people as they almost hit you. It just brought a, a, it just felt to me and to Chris and to Tony and to some others I've heard from that San Diego was a nicer place when the Padres were winning and in the playoffs. So I want them to go back there so we can, we can relive all of that once again. All right, if you want to join us, you can at 833-288-0973. We're going to have the interview of the week at 540, but this next segment is kind of open. So if you would like to talk Padres or anything like that, give us a call, 833-288-0973. I'm also going to be talking about this beer being banned from the World Cup and people freaking out. So we'll talk about all that when we get back. But first, here is your traffic report to get you home on a Friday. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Back here in the Odyssey Palace on 97.3 The Phantom Scraby. Chris is down at Viejas Arena calling Aztecs play-by-play. Tony is in his final day of his vacation. He will be back on Monday, so something to look forward to then. I am taking you through the final hour. We are going to hear from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports at 5.40 in our interview of the week. But first, I wanted to... Uh, we got a call during the break from Cooper, and I wanted to go over to Cooper and uh, talk to him because he actually, for everybody who plays Christmas versus the fans, who for everybody who hears us uh, talk about the prize every single day, it's a qualification for Las Vegas, a trip to Las Vegas, and Cooper was actually one of our winners, and he wanted to share a little bit about this. So, Cooper, how are you doing, number one, and uh, when did you go to the Westgate? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. Just out here delivering packages. I'm an Amazon delivery driver. Oh, very nice. Very uh, I nice. Won, oh, thank you. Yeah. I won uh, the Chris versus the fans uh, actually without answering a single question, correct? <laughs> I love so that. I don't, know if you're, I don't know if you remember when the Padres were first place. I called in and said, hey, I want a trip to Vegas, and I didn't answer anything. So call in and call in and get your get your prize. So that was that was me. Oh, very uh, nice. Yeah. Westgate is yeah. Westgate's really, really cool. Um we upgraded to a suite, of, so everything was free. You become a VIP member uh, once you walk in. You get taken really good care of. We upgraded to a suite. Um, the golf course was actually closed the week I picked, but they moved uh, money over, and I did get the $250 beverage, food and beverage credit like you guys are offering. Awesome. And that uh, and the Edge Steakhouse uh, at the Westgate is absolutely killer. Awesome. I love this. Wait, what month did you go, so, Cooper? I went in October. In October. I waited and waited until it wasn't completely hot, yeah. I was just about to ask, like, how hot was it there? But that is awesome, and I appreciate you calling and telling us about it because we actually don't really hear back from from uh, many winners. So appreciate you calling us, Cooper. Yeah, it's real, and uh, <laughs> be careful of the be careful of the timeshare, people, because I came home with a timeshare. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. Okay, I see what's going on there, but that's good. I mean, you can get go back there. You have a uh, a place to stay now. Yep, yep. And uh, but yeah, they're really good. They'll wine and dine you and and convince you to buy a piece of their. Uh... Hey, you know what? If it works for you, it works for everybody. So good job, Cooper. And thank you for calling and letting us know. And thank you for being an Amazon driver. I know that's not easy, especially this time of year. Yep. Keep your lights on for us, people. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, Cooper. That's a great PSA because I see a lot lot of – thank you for the call, Cooper. I see a lot of people – driving without their headlights on especially because it's so dark so early now and it's very dangerous so keep your headlights on for the amazon drivers like cooper and uh, make their life a little bit easier i mean it, it probably isn't the easiest thing in the world to be driving around and fighting traffic all day and i know a lot of a lot of people listening right now are probably in uh, delivery positions or are in their car a lot and they listen to us a lot and um, we appreciate you for listening but Honestly, like, and this is going to sound lame or cliche, but we do appreciate the Amazon drivers and delivery drivers out there because, uh, you know, I am on my couch sometimes and I just don't want to get up and go to the grocery store and so I can get something delivered to my door. So thank you to everyone out there, especially during the ho- the holiday season. Now, I want to thank uh, everyone for giving me dog advice. This has been overwhelming and I, I forgot to say it earlier, but I appreciate everyone who's reached out and told me how to deal with my dog, Lucky. 
And so Lucky is eight months. I just got him uh, about six weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago. Everything's great. Love him. He is a husky golden retriever. And there's been a couple things that have come up, and I've gotten really good advice from everyone out there. And the first thing would be the dog park and how I should handle a dog that's that's uh, playing with my dog a little bit too rough. And so I got some good advice there. Some of the advice was to just not go to the dog park. And some of the advice was to just let your dog figure out when it's too much for them. And then you can either step it if it's not getting better or the dog will extricate themselves from the situation because they're not liking it. So pay attention to those cues is what I'm getting from people. Also, I just got a tweet from Ryan uh, at Matt Scraby, if you want to tweet me or go and uh, look at what I got going on. But Ryan, I, I was concerned about my dog jumping out the window as we're driving because he is I've never owned a dog who is just full on head out the window, wind flopping the, the lips and the gums and the ears and everything like that. So he gets all the way out the window. And he puts his paws outside the window, and so I rolled up the window a little bit so that he couldn't do that. But I feel bad because he wants to be a guy who can hang out the window, and I was scared because he I felt like he was going to jump out. He didn't jump out, but I still rolled up the window on him and told him he's never going to get to you know, look outside or put his head outside the window again. But Ryan gave me a good idea on Twitter. He said, what I do with my dogs is keep their harness and leash on and give it enough slack and tie it or anchor it down somehow, the end of the leash, uh, or anchor down the end of the leash, and he won't fall out. That is a fantastic idea, and I'm going to be doing that this weekend because I cannot handle my little boy. I know that was weird. My little guy can't handle him jumping out the window. Can't do it. That would be a disaster. It's a nightmare even thinking about it, even talking about it right now. But uh, we really do have some great listeners and great people that I've met over the years, and I really appreciate the dog advice as a first-time doggy owner. One day, Lucky will be an adult, and he will be able to sit in the chair and not look out the or not try to jump out the window because he will be a distinguished gentleman at that time. I know I'm going a little bit too far. If you want to see some pictures of him, you can go to Instagram or you can go to my Twitter at Matt Scraby and see what little Lucky looks like. So that's it. It must be a Friday, and it must be a slow news day. We talked about the World Cup today. We talked about the Padres today. We talked about the NFL today. Talked about it all today. So when we get back, we're going to hear from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports in our interview of the week. He uh, knows a lot about the Aztecs. He is an East Coast guy, and he is very high on the Aztecs, so it it was uh, actually refreshing to hear someone who was so complimentary of a San Diego State team. So Matt Norlander is coming up next when we get back on Gwyneth Chris 97.3 The Fan. This hour is brought to you by the Bus on Shoulder Pilot Project by Sandag, Caltrans, and MTS. Introducing Bus on Shoulder a new pilot project from Sandag, Caltrans, and MTS that allows South Bay Rapid buses to bypass traffic and drive on select 805 and 94 freeway shoulders during peak travel times. Learn more at keepsandiegomoving.com slash bus, bus on shoulder. Matt Scraby here with you on 97.3 The Fan, filling in for Gwen and Chris. Final 23 minutes of the show, we're going to hear from Matt Norlander of CBS Sports about college basketball and about the Aztecs basketball team here in just a second. But uh, we are wrapping up the show for the week. Next week for our show, we are going to be on Monday. We're going to be on Tuesday. We will not be on Wednesday. 
Uh, we are taking Wednesday off to get an extra day of Thanksgiving. Chris and I uh, definitely need it, and uh, I will be going up north, and Chris, I, I'm not sure where Chris is going. I think Tony's staying here, too. I have no idea what those guys are doing, but I won't be here. So we're going to be taking Wednesday off as well as the uh, Thursday and Friday. Hope everybody has a, thank- a safe Thanksgiving. Uh, there was a tweet the other day that asked, um, what did it ask? It said, you know, somewhere along the lines of, be controversial what do you not like at Thanksgiving or what do you not eat at Thanksgiving? And this is always controversial for whatever reason, but I am not a fan of the dark meat turkey on Thanksgiving. I just don't like it. I'm actually not really that big of a fan of turkey on Thanksgiving in general. I'm more of just like a mashed potato guy or something like that. Love the cranberries. Love like the the, the rolls. I love some of the other stuff that's out there, but not a big turkey guy. Not sure why. And it surprises people all the time, but... I just don't, I also don't like things off of the bone. So I'm not a rib eater. I'm not a chicken wing eater. And if someone eats a turkey leg in front of me, I might throw up. That is not an overreaction. That is the absolute truth. But uh, if you are a dark meat fan, I'm sorry. Because I know a lot of people love dark meat. Just not me. All right. Matt Norlander. And But first, we need to check your traffic report on 97.3 The Fan. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Matt Norlander does indeed join us on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Matt, thanks for your time. How are you today? Doing all right. I'm on the East Coast here, so it's uh, kids are eating dinner, and uh, this is well timed. I got it all done done before the radio hit here. So perfect. Oh, thank you very thank much. you very much, Matt. We appreciate it. Uh, well, Texas, I guess, is the first team to really kind of make a statement this year. Uh, prized uh, should we be that they uh, blew out Gonzaga last night, almost by twenty points. There should be a decent amount of surprise with that. I, I, I picked Texas to win the game. I had the home floor, and both teams projected and some predicted metrics to be top five quality in the entire country. So I actually thought it was going to be a competitive game that Texas was going to win by, you know, three, four, five points. It wasn't that. What we got was just an outstanding performance from uh, a Texas backcourt that maybe – I'm not going to say this is going to be, like, one of the absolute best here, but – Tyrese Hunter was one of the more valuable guys that went to the transfer portal. And he, after having two just okay games last night, I mean, he just, he had the best game of his college career. He is a sophomore, but 26 points, hit five three pointers and did a lot of, you know, did a lot of what they ask of him on both ends of the floor. He does, you know, he's such a, he is such a disciplined defender uh, that he compliments Marcus Carr, who is now in his second season at Texas. He's a super senior and uh, those two are just just tremendous. So they played well. Dylan Mitchell's the freshman to know. He had a couple of huge dunks overall, and that was uh, that was big time to see Texas do what they did. I don't have too many concerns about Gonzaga through one game. Gonzaga's going to you know play against Kentucky in a home tilt on Sunday, and that's going to be another interesting test overall. Um, we'll see how they respond. They got, you know, they got a win against Michigan State on an aircraft carrier. They didn't play well in that game, but they did come back, and they did, they did, you know, manage a win there. So, listen, it was, uh, it was nice to see, and most of all, 
you know, as we talk right now, we've had neutral court stuff, multi-team tournaments happening around the country, and they're going to continue. And those are fun. They provide really good matchups. But, I mean, it was just undeniable watching that game last night, just the, you know, the reminder of just how superior contests are in both basketball and, of course, football. Um, in football, it's more of a deal also in the beginning of the season where if you can get these games in true road environments right, and, you know, you know, home environments, whatever your perspective may be, it just it helps the television product that much. And uh, and I'm sure on a certain level, Mark is not happy with how that game went, but uh, he knows he can use it as a learning tool. And we'll see if that charges them to show up in a big way against Kentucky on Sunday. Talking college basketball with Matt Norlander of CBS Sports on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And I think uh, right here in San Diego, the Aztecs have a pretty good home court advantage. And uh, we've seen them start 3-0 and this year. So what are your thoughts on the Aztecs? Uh, do you like what you're seeing? They are ranked number 17. Do you think that they can go even higher? Uh, well, you know, yes, because the biggest reason being uh for cbs i rank the top 101 teams entering a season and i had san diego state in the top 10 mm. so as far as i'm concerned uh sdsu is not as high as it should be at this point particularly after you know it, it got the job done against byu and then it goes in against a stanford team that's not projected to make the ncaa tournament but you know, maybe i don't know maybe that's a top six team and a just okay pac 12 but has done everything you could ask of the team so far defense still looks pretty good i'd argue it's a good sign that they've been three and the way they have with Matt Bradley, not being like a top three guy on the team so far. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a very encouraging thing. Cause we, that's not going to continue. That would be a, a genuinely surprising uh, turn of events. If, if Matt Bradley suddenly uh, what did, wasn't a, a good three point shooter and, you know, a focal point at both ends of the floor, he just hasn't been that so far. Fortunately, Jerry and Trammell, has lived up to the billing, and that's kind of a name where nationally, like most people don't know who that is, but obviously you and your listeners do, and him coming over as a as a needed point guard after, you know, excelling at Seattle in the WAC the past couple of years, uh, he's certainly been good, and I remain a big-time Nathan Mensa guy. You know, he would be among my more undervalued bigs in the entire country there, and yeah, this is, this is the best non – this is the best – I don't want to, you know, get your listeners all up in a tizzy here, but San Diego State, like, it does qualify as a mid-major. Like, it's a, it's a fuzzy definition, but it it is. Like, you know, yeah. obviously until Steve Fisher got there two decades ago, I mean, it had no hoops history. So, anyway, what I'm trying to say here is I think that San Diego State will be the best mid-major program in the country this season, and I think that will bear out not just later this month, although we'll see that Maui tournament's kind of be a beast. I don't know if they, they're going to be able to get three wins, but I think they'd get at least two. But when we look up in the middle of January – in the Mountain West, which should be solid, right? But I think that San Diego State's going to run away with that league. I think I think they're going to win it by at least four games. That will only reinforce their their bona fides as a top ten, top fifteen team. Well, uh, from your uh, mouth to God's ears, uh, Matt. I hope the season works out exactly like you're saying. Matt Norlander from CBS Sports is our guest. Let's talk a little bit more about this Maui Invitational. The Aztecs open up against Ohio State on Monday. Then they get the winner of Arizona versus Cincinnati. Most people feel that would be Arizona. But on the other side of the bracket, my goodness, Arkansas, which was Elite Eight last year, Texas Tech, Creighton, which is highly ranked, Louisville, which is still Louisville despite some early season struggles. Uh, give us a little preview of the tournament beyond San Diego State. What are they looking at here? Well, San Diego State wants to avoid playing Louisville at any cost because it's not Louisville. I mean, it's 0-3. There are three one-point losses at home, but all the mid-majors and weird you know, final possession or penultimate possessions there. Louisville 
won't even be good enough to make the NIT this season. It's the only uh, bad team that's in this bracket. I'd say Texas Tech can win it. Creighton can win it. Arkansas can win it. San Diego State can win it. Arizona can win it. I think that's it. I don't. Ohio State's that's a good first opponent. a lot of teams opponent. in one tournament that can win it, right? Correct. And I would even say, like, Ohio State can win two. Cincinnati can win two. Louisville can probably only top out at one if it plays a really good game there. Um, and every team in this bracket except Creighton, its primary color is red. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Very weird. Very odd. So go watch, <laughs> watch, the, watch the only non-red dominated team, Creighton, go out and win this whole thing, right? Um, but – Ohio State is among the – I said this in the preseason. Uh, the Buckeyes are among the three to seven more mysterious teams to me to peg. I'd say their variance could be anywhere from – they could be a I – think, I think they would top out as a three-seed projection-wise in the NCAA tournament, or they could miss the tournament altogether. Holtman is a really good coach. They're 3-0 but they played three teams at home that are in the 300. They're all quad four wins. Like, they aren't good teams they've played. We don't know how good or not Ohio State will be this season. Um, I think San Diego State will beat Ohio State. It projects as a better team, and I think it just has, it has more reliable players on it. Elsewhere in the bracket, uh, I'll be real quick on this. Texas Tech is year two under Mark Adams. They made the Sweet 16 uh, a season ago, and, you know, they they got put up against it against Duke in the initial uh, tournament. I was actually at that game. They lost some key pieces there. You know, if we got somehow San Diego State versus Texas Tech, that really might be a first to 50 kind of wins, but not in an ugly way, but just, you know, both teams are so good defensively. I'm intrigued by that. I'd be surprised if Texas Tech won it. Creighton is the real deal, brings back all of its starters, and one through six probably has as much reliability and, and combination of reliability and veteran presence, one through six, as maybe any other, you know, any other team in the country there. But we will see. They rated as a top 50 team last season. We're going to see if they really, really can make that jump or not. Um, I mentioned Louisville. Arkansas has not yet had Nick Smith. It's coveted most highly ranked freshman. They've had some other really good freshmen on the floor. Arkansas is a trendy top 10 level kind of team right now, but they have to prove it. Maui will be the place for that to happen. Very interested to see what happens there. And then Cincinnati, Arizona. Cincinnati's in a second season under Wes Miller. Wes Miller, very good coach, young coach, uh, basically finished second to getting the UNC job to Hubert Davis, who obviously got it, was on staff. Wes Miller was running UNC Greensboro for a decade after getting that gig at like 28, 29 years old. Uh, Cincinnati uh, is going to be a team that I think either just barely makes the tournament or is like a one or two seed in the NIT. But uh, a Maui, you know, if they go two and one at Maui, that that out, outlook changes. I think they're going to go one and two there. Arizona, obviously, was a one two last season. Tommy Lloyd now lost some of the guys that Sean Miller recruited, but Tommy Lloyd did a great job with those players that Miller and his staff brought to that um, that program there. And they've got some good players. Uh, I'd be fascinated if you if you could have me pick any second round matchup. Um, I'd probably want to see Creighton Arkansas over anything else, but give me. San Diego State, Arizona, a little West Coast flavor, so to speak, and uh, two different styles very much. The way that Dutcher runs his, his offense and his team is different from what Tommy Lloyd, but um, that's kind of why Maui is just always delivered. There's usually a, a good variety of not just like not just teams from around the country, but also 
teams that, that run different stuff and, and they contrast well, the, the tournament's usually reliable for that kind of stuff, and we'll get it again next week. We're talking to the very, very knowledgeable Matt Norlander of CBS Sports here I on the... I was looking forward to the Maui tournament before, but now I'm totally yeah, psyched because yeah, yeah, I know everything about up. it. Yeah, Chris was I'm pumped up to, to go. that yeah, whole thing. let's bring it on. Uh, on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. So last week, uh, Dan Patrick made some rumors about San Diego State moving into the Pac-12 that didn't actually come to fruition, and it could happen here in the next whatever. But I, my question to you, Matt, is, is the Pac-12 a conference that's going to kind of be the thing of the past? Or if the Aztecs move into the Pac-12, basketball sp- specifically, does this raise their profile? Ooh. Um, so, like, I've heard and talked with a few sources going back a few months that San Diego State would be at the top of the list of candidates to move into the Pac-12, Pac-10, however we want to call this, if indeed that winds up happening. Now, right now, the Pac-12 is trying to determine how it is going to deal with its media rights and where it can get its – it's got to get football figured out. Like, that's the biggest thing, and obviously SDSU has, uh, has had some success on the football field, and that will matter as well. I was talking with someone earlier today. There's a little bit of – not disagreement, but a little bit of – let's get some more research into that over how much of a value add SDSU would be to a Pac-12 contract. Because, again, every school you bring in – the revenue share gets split up, and the Pac-12 is going to try and make itself as affluent as possible on a school-by-school basis. So SDSU, would they bring Gonzaga in? Obviously, no football there. Uh, plenty of Gonzaga Big 12 noise that has legitimate legs to it, but that's still not. Like, that ball's not at the five-yard line or anything like that right now. And I I believe that San Diego State will eventually go to the Pac-12. That's my, that's my belief. I don't think it's happening this week or next week or anything like that. Yeah, uh, they've got to they've got to figure out other things. But I, I think the Pac-12 needs to try and add probably at least two teams. Maybe it stays at a Pac-12 uh, to to keep itself viable, interesting, profitable. You know, San Diego is not the L.A. market. San Diego State is not UCLA or USC. There's just no denying that. But it is it is a school in Southern California, and that does bring plenty. And who's to say that, you know, SDSU could not be – like, it already is what it is in basketball. We get that. But, like, from a national perspective, why can't that school, if afforded a chance of going into a power conference in, you know, five to eight years' time, why can't it be a program that is either – uh, you know, in the top 25 in both the big revenue producing sports or near it on an almost annual basis there. So I, I keep an eye on that. That that what Dan Patrick said has been talked about, you know, behind the scenes for a couple of months here. The question just becomes uh, by adding them, are you just going to add? Because well, I've heard if they add, it's maybe it's just San Diego State, you know, maybe Gonzaga won't go in. There's a, I won't bore you with the details on that, but there's, there, there's been resistance to Gonzaga for a while. And I just wonder if the Pac-12 isn't making a mistake by trying to add them in basketball, or would it be anyone else? I've heard Boise doesn't have a ton of legs. Uh, SMU has been tossed out there as a potential. Then you go, you know, try and get in that time zone. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But I think that the Pac-12 right now puts San Diego State as its most desired school outside the conference. If it were to expand, I still think there's a chance that it doesn't expand. Matt, uh, tremendous. I I, I can't tell you. That was uh, the most uh, informative uh, interview I think we've done in – Months and months. Thanks so much for the time. 
look forward to a great college basketball season. I hope we can catch up with you again, and uh, let's see what happens out here in San Diego. Thanks for keeping an eye on the Aztecs. All right, fellas. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Will do. Happy holidays to you as well. That's uh, CBS Sports' Matt Norlander joining us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. That was Matt Norlander earlier in the week, as you heard. Very informative as well. I have some bad, I guess, fan favorite news, uh, bad fan favorite news from the San Diego Padres. They have tweeted from their official account, and yes, I did check it. Padres have non-tendered catcher Jorge Alfaro and right-handed pitcher Efrain Contreras, and they agreed to a one-year contract with uh, Jose Castillo. Uh, additionally, the Padres have tendered contracts to each of their seven remaining arbitration-eligible players, Josh Hader, Tim Hill, Adrian Morihone, Jake Cronenworth, Austin Nola, Juan Soto, and Trent Grisham. All 32 players on the Padres' 40-man roster have either been signed or tendered contracts for the 2023 season, but man, losing Jorge Alfaro is going to hurt. He was a fan favorite for sure. LFGSD. We will always have LFGSD. And I think it's now Luis Campisano time. I think that's what that is telling us is that we will see a lot of Austin Nola and a lot of Luis Campisano unless something crazy happens and they bring in another catcher, but That's the news we will send you into the weekend with. I'm sorry it wasn't better, but I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Hope you enjoyed everything that happened on the station this week. We'll be back with you on Monday starting, uh, well, for us, 2 p.m., 97.3 The Fan. Good night, everybody. Have a good weekend. Be safe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 